Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Everyone all right? Is everyone okay? You're looking a wee bit tired this morning. Is everyone okay? You're a bit sleepy? Um, this morning, what we're going to be doing is looking at something brilliant. Before I do anything, I want to read this out from the Bible. Anyone got a Bible with them? If you haven't, it's cool. If you have, if you want to turn to Romans 8, or I'll just read it out, it's cool. I'll just read this out. This is Romans 8, and it's verse 37, and it says this. In all these things, we have full victory through God who showed his love for us. Yes, I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor ruling spirits, nothing now, nothing in the future, nor powers, nothing above us, nothing below us, nor anything else in the whole world will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is my favorite passage in the Bible, and it is brilliant. I can come here on Sunday morning to be here with you and tell you why I love that passage. I um, live over in Kingsley, Mosley. Anyone know Kingsley, Mosley, South Birmingham? I live over there. I work for a church called Riverside Church. I should be there this morning. I'm not there this morning. I'm here instead and it's much more time. See, the thing is, is I am married to a lovely lady called Jo. The love I have for Jo is very different to the love that I love playing FIFA 12 on my Xbox. Okay, It's a very different kind of love. The love that I love playing, don't think about it too much, the love I love playing FIFA 12 is real different to the love that I have for my two little boys. I've got two little boys. One of them is Asher. He's a bit like, he's just nuts. Like the other day, he's just like, he keeps going, Daddy, this is a lion. <laughs> Which is good because I feel that now, I've been here this morning, I've learned a lot of animal noises. So um, I was zebra, what? What you want? And uh, so uh, that's great. So I want to uh, put lion into the mix. So it's good that I'll tell that back to Asher. <laughs> you can do a zebra. I can do it. No, you can do a lion. I can do a zebra. Ah, was it? It just sounds like a whoopee cushion going nuts. Um, so that's cool. And the love that I have for Jesus is completely different to the love that I have. There was always different kinds of love. The things we love doing. What sort of stuff do you love doing? What kind of? Come on, interact with me. What sort of stuff do you love doing? What do you love doing? Come on. Playing football. Who loves football? What, was foot, what do you like football? What football team do you support? West Brom. Uh, the West. Are the baggies going to beat Liverpool later on this afternoon. Come on, the baggies. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Brighton Hove Albion because that's where I'm from. They have done great. But the love I have for Brighton is different to the love that I have for my sons. It's different kind of love that I have for my wife, and it's different kind of love that I have for Jesus. And this morning, looking at that brilliant passage that nothing's going to separate us from it, it's a bit funny, isn't it? Because sometimes, anybody here like, been to like church, been to Zion Church since they were year dots, since they were tiny, winnie? Have you all like, grown up? Okay, cool. And see, sometimes we can know all these amazing stories about God loves us, God loves us, I love God, I get it, all right. And sometimes it goes in one ear, right, and it goes completely out the other. We don't actually grasp how amazing God's love is for us. The same love that I read out there, that amazing passage in Romans, about how amazing God loves us. I want to share with you a quick story. I used to go um, and work in a place called Bath. Bath is quite possibly one of the poshest towns in the world. Has anyone ever been to Bath for a like, day out? You do the Roman Bath things. It's posh, man. And I was, uh, my first day on the job, I was a schools worker, okay? And the first day on the job, I went to this school where, I kid you not, they do fencing for PE, okay? Now, normal schools do basketball, 
football, disc golf, there's fencing. If you give a kid a sword in downtown South Birmingham, that's like, woo, do you know what I mean? It's like, not knife crime, fencing crime. It would just be like, bam, crazy. And this school was so posh. So I thought, I need to make a good impression. I was, had to do an assembly. The assembly that I had to do was on how wonderful, beautiful we're all made and stuff. So I um, had to, I thought, what can I do? So first thing I thought was, I need to wear a suit. So I went to Topman, I bought a 50-pound suit. It was a nice suit. And um, and I thought, that does look cool, okay. The other thing is about this school is it's an all-girls school. Does anybody here go to an all-girls school? Let me tell you, for a guy going to an all-girls school, they're the scariest things to go into. Do you know what I mean? Just like, I'm outnumbered by like one to a thousand. Okay. Some people would love it. Me, scared. Um, so, and there was an all-girls school. Well, I thought, well, what can I do with all these girls um, that will just get their attention? And I thought this. I will take a baby. On paper, I thought that was a really good idea. I thought, baby, girls like babies, you know. At the time, I didn't have a baby. I was kind of like 19 at the time. <coughs> Excuse me. And I thought, I'll speak to my friend. She had a baby. I said to her, can I borrow your baby? She says, no, weirdly. And I said, do you want to come uh, with me? And mum says, yes. This little baby was six months old. Her name was Louise, okay? So picture the scene. I'm kind of like walking into this ultra posh school. People doing fencing to the side of me. And um, so I've taken this baby. This little baby's going, ooh, cool. I'm wearing my nice 50-pound suit from Top Man. Kind of going, open up the doors. I walk in down the hall. It's a little bit like Hogwarts. The place is posh, man. So I walk in, and I get into the hall, and I start, the headmistress goes, hello, welcome. And I go, thank you. It's nice to see you. So I, I, the doors open, and I walk up the assembly hall, okay? Now, as soon as the doors go, it's like a thousand, it's a whole school assembly. It's a massive school. And I walk up the aisle to the stage at the front. And I'm thinking, okay, it'll be all right. I'll be okay. I've got a baby. Baby's going, this is fun. So I hold um, baby and I walk up and all the girls go, very good. Now, if you're a boy, if that was a boy's school, I'd have probably got hit uh, because boys don't find babies too cute, which is all right. But girls, they love the baby. So I'm thinking, yes, this is going well. So I'm holding the baby, get to the stage and I start to speak. I start speaking about, yeah, brilliant, um, Thanks for having me, girls. It's great being here. So this morning, I want to talk to you about how amazing, how beautiful, and individually created we're made. Louise, the little baby's going, Hoo-hoo. all the girls are still going, oh, look at that. They're not listening to a word I'm saying. They're just looking at the baby, okay? Then something bad happens. Babies do, as I've learned, babies do quite a few things. They poo a lot, they scream a lot, and they puke a lot. This little baby's six months old. I'm wearing my 50-pound top man suit. I'm on stage. This little baby just goes, doesn't sound great on the audio. And the baby just pukes. I'm like, how can this baby have so much puke inside of it? I'm like, oh my gosh, my gosh, my gosh. Everyone's like creasing up. Everyone's cracking up, right? So I'm just holding this baby up. I'm like, which way up does this baby go? The baby's like covered in puke. I'm covered in puke. Everyone's cracking. I'm holding the baby out here. I'm holding the baby way out there. Mom is at the back. I'm thinking, thank the good Lord, mother was there. She comes flying up the school and she grabs the baby who is covered in puke. She is stinking. You don't know which way up is the right way up. And she's covered in puke. And mum doesn't hold her out here. She gets her and she goes, holds her close. She gets the baby and she holds her close. And she says, it's going to be all right. Stupid man. It's going to be all right. And sometimes, right, sometimes we think that God is distant. We sometimes think that God is way out there, kind of like doing his own kind of thing and doesn't care about our own situations. 
I don't know many people in this room. I know Andy Laura a bit. I know Jan Claire a little bit. And But I don't know if last week was the best week of your life. I don't know if last week was the hardest week of your life. I'm guessing that at the moment, uh, you guys all went back to school and stuff, and a lot of you guys have got exams coming on, yeah, kind of all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be a hard term for a lot of us who've got like, exams and things and stuff. And sometimes we think that God doesn't care about us when bad stuff happens, when tough times happen. We think God is kind of like, out there. But the thing is, what I want to challenge you on this morning is that God loves you so much that he kind of holds you close. And if you're going through a tough time at the minute, if you're going through a bit of a rocky time, things at home aren't great, school's a bit of a struggle, then understand that God, as messed up as we all are, does not hold you out there. He holds you close. And he says, do you know what? I'm with you in on this. Now the question is, why does God love us so much? Why, have you ever thought, why does God love little old Andy? Why does God love you guys? What, what have I done that God loves you? You see, the thing is, is that God loves you so much. And there's a brilliant verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world he gave his only son. What do you think is the most important word there? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. What do you reckon is the most important word? Talking, yeah. Love. Could be love. Yeah. Anyone else? Any other technical word? That's, For God so loved the world he gave his only son. What's the most important word? Talk to me. Um, is not in a sentence. Only, yeah, possibly, yeah. Anyone else? Any more takers? God, Jesus. I want to give you a kind of like a little kind of like idea about what the most important word is there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I reckon the most important word in that sentence is this little two-letter word beginning with S and ending with O. So, if you read it, for God so loved the world he gave his only son. If you get so and blow it up into like maximum impact font, size 500 font, and if you read it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Sometimes we think that God just does us a little bit, but God so loves the world. Forward slash you lot. For God so loves the world. These next couple of weeks, you guys are going to be looking at loads of different kind of like things about relationships. You're going to be looking at boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. <laughs> You're going to be looking at the love of family. You're going to be looking at the love of zebras. Laura's going to do a special uh, morning for you on why she loves zebras. She's not. Um, but you're going to be doing all these kind of different loves. But ultimately, we might have been hurt by a family member. We might have been kind of like let down by a family member. We might have had a bad experience with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and we've been hurt and stuff. And the kind of like the perfect love that sometimes we look for in a parent, that sometimes we look for in a boyfriend or a girlfriend, lets us down. It isn't 100% perfect. It's kind of like a little bit perfect, but it kind of lets us down a bit. The only perfect love that you can have is with God. Because it doesn't matter who you are, right? It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if last week was the toughest week of your life or it was an alright kind of week. You see, you don't have to do anything because God's love for you is free. You don't have to do anything. And when I kind of like understood that for the first time, I don't have to do anything to get God's love. He just loves me. That's amazing. Because when Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just like, ouch, do you know what I mean? It was like full-on crucifixion, full-on crazy, amazing, just historically crucifixion is the worst form of pain any human being can go through. Why did Jesus go through that? Because God sent his only son so you can have life in all of its fullness. You see, God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to like crash and burn and kind of like, just go everything a bit pear-shaped. He wants you to fly. He wants you to go for it. 
He wants you to achieve your dreams. He wants you to do it together. He doesn't want you to kind of like leave like God outside. Because the thing is, there is nothing on this planet, there is nothing on this planet that can separate you from Jesus. Sometimes we can think that, oh, yeah, you know, maybe this is kind of like, I can't be a good Christian because I've done this stupid stuff. I've messed up here. You know, it doesn't matter because nothing can separate you from the love that you, Jesus has for you. I read in uh, the newspaper, really sad um, news report. I think it was on Friday or something like that. There's this lad, and um, I don't know where he's from. He's 11 years old. 11. And he's been doing some dumb stuff um, by looking at like stuff on the computer screen that he shouldn't be looking at. He was a bright, bubbly, kind of like eight, nine-year-old kind of stuff. And when he was 10 years old, he started looking at images which were sexual in nature and were just really nasty kind of stuff. His parents get really worried about him. And they're kind of like, they start kind of like looking at this and they find out and that he's been looking at all this horrible stuff. They um, kind of like saw one day that he rolled up his sleeve and he had got a pen and kind of written on his arm, I am disgusting. He's 11. And I'm thinking, there's so many people out there who don't know what it is to be loved by their Heavenly Father. To, be, to know that, you know, we all have our bad days and stuff, but God loves you for who you are. You don't have to do anything to earn it, but God loves you for who you are. And guys, sometimes when, I don't know about you, I don't know if this is a girlfriend or a boyfriend, I don't know, I might be wrong, but when someone says something nice to you, do you kind of go, oh, thanks, yeah? And you kind of like just move on and stuff. It kind of goes in one end, goes out the other. Is that just me? Because I do that sometimes. When someone says, oh, Andy, yeah, that was re- I really appreciate your talk this morning. Okay, okay, cool. Goes in one ear and out the other. When some people say nice stuff to us, it goes in one ear and goes out the other. But God's love for you will never fail. And I want you this morning to lock that down in your heart. Lock it down in your heart. Because when you lock it down in your heart, then cool stuff starts to happen. We suddenly realize that, you know, it's hard. Yeah, life is a little bit hard, but with God's love on our side, it gets loads easier. I just want to, um, coming in to finish a wee bit, so I just want to f- um, finish with this n- next little bit. Can I have the next slide, please, Andy? Thanks, mate. Jesus is hanging out with a bunch of um, Sadducees and Pharisees, people who kind of like own the temple and look after the temple. And those guys were saying to Jesus, trying to trick him out. They're saying to Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? What is the best, the kind of like most important kind of law? We read about this in Matthew 22. And Jesus says to those Sadducees and Pharisees, he says this, Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important commandment. That was written in the Old Testament back in Deuteronomy, okay? But then Jesus goes on to this. He kind of like changes, mixes up a little bit. And he says this. The second commandment is like the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Does anybody here have anybody in their school or their college who you just don't get on with? Anybody? Anybody have people at work who you just don't get on with? We've all got those kind of people that we don't kind of naturally get on with. I want you guys to kind of understand this. When we are let God's perfect love come into our life, and we kind of like go for it, then God gives us the power to love others, to love other people that we might not necessarily get on with. I want you guys to think of one person that does your head in. 
Don't mention his name or her name. Just one person that does your head in. Got it? <laughs> I've got it. And I want you guys to be challenged this week. I want you guys to never stop loving that person. The Bible says, as hard as it is, as hard as it is, the Bible says that we need to get in the habit of loving people that do our heads in. When we start loving people who do our heads in, when we start loving people unconditionally in the same way that God loves us, then let me tell you something. Hell's Owen is going to be an amazing town to live in. England will be an amazing country to live in, but it all starts with this revolutionary, this revolution of love, revolution of loving others, no matter what. That is a massive challenge, and you might have been really hurt by that person that you thought of. You might have been, I don't know, maybe bullied by them. You might have just like they might have done your head and whatever it is and stuff. But if we can't like start thinking a little bit differently, like Jesus did, love your neighbour as you love yourself, then amazing things will happen. First thing was this. First thing was understand God's love for you. God's love that never fails, that nothing will separate you from God's love. That is the first thing that you guys need to do. Second thing is this. Once you understand God, how much God loves you, get in the habit of loving different people. I'll finish with two stories. First story is this. I was coming out my house the other day in, in uh, King's Eve. And I say the other day, it's like two years ago. I was coming out the house and there was a lady and uh, she uh, couldn't get her car started, right? She's a Muslim lady. She, couldn't, she, she lives two doors down from me. She's an amazing, lovely lady, lovely family. And she couldn't get her car started. She had trouble um, getting her car. I was kind of like fumbling with my keys, trying to shut the door, kind of like half asleep, trying to get out the door. It's a Sunday morning. This guy walks past, and I clearly heard them say this. And the lady says to the guy, she goes, excuse me, would it be all right if you could help me get my car started? The guy says this. I'm sorry, I haven't got time I'm late for church. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And I'm thinking, ouch. I'm thinking, you idiot. Why did you do that? Why did you come like, the kind of like, you need to love your neighbor. It's not a case of, I'm going to go and have a holy huddle with all my friends over here and stuff. It's about loving our neighbor. It's about doing random acts of kindness. It's about getting involved with people's lives. It's about loving people in the same way that God loves you. This perfect brilliant, amazing love that God loves you. And it's about demonstrating that, doing lots of random acts of kindness, thinking about things that you can do to make a small difference in someone's life. I'm not asking you to kind of do big, crazy stuff. Ah, oh, you bully me. Let's have a kiss. You know, I'm kind of like saying stuff like, do little things. Start little and your relationship will grow. The first thing is this. You guys need to understand how much God loves you. Um, anybody who got tickets for the Olympics? Anyone going to go to the Olympics? Anyone? What are you going to go see? Football. Which one are you going to? Cool, man. I'm going to the bronze medal game. It's down in Cardiff. Anyone else going to the Olympics? What are you going to see, man? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? The cool part of the women's football. <laughs> That's cool. Um, anyone? Is anyone excited about the Olympics? Is that kind of like, yeah, I'm excited about the Olympics. Some people are kind of like, oh, yeah, Olympics or whatever, do me a favor, 98 days, they'll be finished. You know, I'm kind of like thinking, I'm excited about the Olympics. And we're going to watch a clip now, okay? This clip was taken in 1992. Now, you're going to hear the sound, the kind of like the instruments on it. It's like this crazy jazz trumpet. It's a little bit like dated. 
But I want you to watch this clip and I'm going to chat to you about it in a minute. Just flick it on and do that, it's cool. Does anybody here like running? Anyone do like athletics, anything like that? Anybody like running? Yeah, I like running. Um, you see, that guy's name, the guy, the athlete, his name is Derek Redmond. Olympic athletes train so hard for their Olympic moment. They train so hard, they stick at it. He was in the 400 meters final, British athlete. He was going along, halfway through, his hamstring tore, and that hurts. And he kind of like just went down after the sack of spuds. He's kind of like everyone is around in the uh, Barcelona arena. It's like 20 years ago, 92 that was. And everyone's around there in the Olympic arena in Barcelona. And they are going for it. They're saying, come on, Derek, you can do this. You're going to finish. Come on. They're like totally forgotten about who's won gold. No one remembers that race, who won gold. They remember the iconic bit in that clip when Derek Redmond was kind of like injured. And his dad comes flying in. And he's, what he's, you can't hear it on that audio, but what he says, his dad's called Jim, and he says to him, son, you don't have to do this. Derek says, dad, I'm going to finish this. Jim says, well, let's do this together. He picks him up, and he kind of like limps over the finish line. The whole crowd are going, you can do this. I want to read this out quickly. I'm going to finish. It says this. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this. We have around us many people whose lives tell us what faith means. So let us run the race that is before us and never give up. There's this cool bit here. It talks about how, like, in some versions it says there's a great crowd of witnesses. There's a great crowd of witnesses about how when we kind of like running our race, when we're trying to love other people, that we should encourage each other. You guys, I want you guys to be a youth group that is tight, that looks out for each other. I want you to start by loving each other in this youth group. I want you, you might not know some people in here. I want you guys to kind of like, you might do already, you might not do, I don't know. But I want you guys to know that once you guys are a great crowd of witnesses, when you encourage each other, when you pray for each other, when you muck about with each other, when you laugh and have the banter, still do that. But I want you guys to pray for each other and encourage each other and to love each other. I'm not talking about a weird color, ooh, kind of love. I'm just saying, look out for each other's back. Be a great crowd of witnesses. Understand that God loves you. And when you're feeling tired, when you can't finish the race, know that there is God there to help you with it. Yeah, it'll still be hard. Yeah, it'll still be a bit of a struggle. But know that God, through his Holy Spirit, is with you. Can you all do me a favor and stand up for me? That'd be cool. The band would like to come. That'd be great. Cool. And what I want you guys to do is I want you guys just to spread yourselves out in this little room, okay? So we're not going to do anything freaky-deaky. It's all cool. I want you guys to spread out. Grab a bit of room. Find a bit of room. Don't hang around, don't lean on the poles, cool, spread yourselves out, it's all good. Perfect. And I want you guys just to stick your hands out in front of you thus. Okay? And what we're going to do is, I'm just going to pray, Holy Spirit, will you fill us up? I want you guys to everyone bow your heads, nothing for you, it's all cool, it's all totally natural, it's all good, okay? Bless you. Okay. So just as uh, Claire's playing, um, what we're going to do is we're just going to pray, Holy Spirit, will you come now, Lord God? So Holy Spirit, will you just bless these guys? 
blessed is not your name. Holy Spirit, will you reveal how much you love each and every single person in this room right now, Lord? Fill us up with your love, Lord. just to think, what does Jesus mean to you? Is he, was he just some nice bloke who did nice stuff? Or does he mean much more than that to you? What does Jesus mean to you? You're doing great. Just stick with it, guys. It's cool. And I want you just to think of that person that you thought of earlier. I'm just going to pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I want to pray, Lord, that you help us to forgive the person who's been doing our heads in whatever it is, however hard it is. Help us to forgive that person in the same way that you forgive us when we mess up. Lord, I want to thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross so that I can have life in all its beautifulness. Father, help me to love others with that same love, Lord. Lord God, I want to thank you for every single person in this place today, Lord. God, I thank you that your love never fails. I thank you your love is amazing. And I pray now as we just come and worship you to finish. I pray, Lord, that our worship to you will be sincere. It will be heartfelt. That we will love you back.